Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Geekish Cast Comic Commentary with Paul and Jeremy. This is episode 73 of the overall show. How you doing there, Paul? What's going on, man? Oh, same old stuff. One thing I want to hit real quick before we get too far into anything is that here in Modesto, and Paul, I know you've definitely moved out of the area now, uh-huh. but uh, here in Modesto in July, July 9th and 10th, at the Modesto Center Plaza is going to be ModestoCon. And uh, so far, they've, they've got a couple guests signed up. they got Doug Jones from Hellboy, and he was also the uh, body actor for the Silver Surfer in the Fantastic Four number two. Oh, yeah. And, and then one I'm really excited about, is Sam J. Jones, the guy that played Flash Gordon in the 1980s movie. So awesome. We're going to have a table there as well. Come by the table. Show me that you followed us on Facebook. So facebook.com slash geekishcast. I'm going to have comics, toys, stickers, T-shirts, and swag to give out. So you can get your tickets by going to modestocon.bpt. That's boypaulthomas.me. So that's modestocon.bpt. Dot M-E. Advanced tickets are 4 bucks. Literally isn't going to cost you much to get in. They're going to have comics, cards, cosplayers, and more. Wish I, I could go. There. I'll get you pictures. Sweet. Yeah, but I- I'm hoping to land an interview with Sam J. Jones, but don't tell anybody. I won't. Yeah. I'll keep it on the DL for you. Yeah, we'll just keep that real quiet just between you and me. Yeah, next time I talk to him, I'll, I I'll, I want it to be a surprise. So. Well, you know what? If, if he's still talking to you... <laughs> He he's not answering my my twitters or my my phone calls or nothing. He's busy. Yeah. Well, I guess he's a bodyguard in Mexico now. <laughs> that makes a lot well, of I sense. Guess, well, I guess that's what he's been doing for like the last thirty some odd years. That's, that's so crazy, dude. Yeah. So apparently, at some point, some hostage somewhere was locked in a room, and Flash Gordon crashed through the fucking wall and rescued him. Yeah. You're hired. That's fantastic. Crazy. You can't write that. You can't, you can't make that shit up. No, you really can't. You really, really can't. But anyhow, so that's going on at Modesto uh, at the Center Plaza, July 9th and 10th. If you're somewhere in Central California, I hope to see you there. Come by, follow us on Facebook, get your free sticker, shirt, hat, whatever swag I got. All right. Also want to give a quick shout-out real quick, just for shits and giggles, went and looked at my stats earlier. So after the United States these days, in the list of current rankings over the last two weeks, Canada, Sri Lanka, the U.K., Switzerland, France, Norway, Ireland, Peru, and Australia are our next largest countries listening to us now. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought so. I'd never really looked at it before, so when I did, I was like, um, I, I just got to give a quick shout-out to our Canadian, Sri Lankan, uh, our listeners in uh, North Ireland, Ireland, Wales, England, Scotland, Switzerland, France, Norway, Peru, Australia, Hey, guys, drop us a note, too. Let us know how you found us and what you think of the show. That Peru one might have been me while I was down there, though. So, yeah. Oh, it could very well be. <laughs> hey, well, how how long ago was that, though, Paul? Uh, it was like two months ago I was down there. Well, this this was just from the last, uh, like, two weeks. That's awesome. I'm going international, brother. Paul, uh, DC Comics, new logo today. Yeah, a little retro. A little retro, a little weird, too. What would you think? 
Uh, I mean, it's fine. It's the logo. I mean, I really don't looks, don't really care what the logo looks like, to be honest with you. I kind of do, because I hated that last one. You did? I really, I really did not care for that last one. Now, I get that you could color it to go with whatever character you were dealing with. Yeah. But it did not... I it didn't look like a D in the C to me. Oh, I don't. I, I just don't think twice. I mean, I, I don't even look at the logos when I really get, get the book. I mean, I know what title it is. I know who the publisher is. Wow. I guess I just don't think about the logo. Somebody's marketing instructor would hate you. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It doesn't draw my eye anymore. I liked it. I thought the font was a little weird. I do hope that the signal behind this logo is what I think it is, and that it's what they're saying is that Rebirth is going to be a back to what made DC special to begin with. Oh, yeah. But I am confused by their messaging. Is this a reboot or not? Everything I read sure seems like a reboot. It it seems like a reboot, but to me, a reboot is like you're, you're, you're like starting from scratch. You're retelling origins. Like, everything is starting from from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So when I hear reboot, that's what I think. Like, they're going to retell this dude's origin. Like, everything's going to start over again. And Rebirth is not doing that. No, it doesn't appear to be doing that, but I did see somewhere where Wonder Woman is now going to be six foot two. Is is she going to be a new Wonder Woman, or is this the Wonder Woman that we're accustomed to? No, it's the same Wonder Woman. Okay. They're just just tweaking her a little bit. Yeah. Because, um, you know, I guess one of the, the problems with continuity as they do it now is that it is so tightly, the continuity is so tight that it, even every small change seems like they're kind of throwing the entire universe out the window. Um which we know they're not doing now because of the backlash they got from the last time they did that. Well, I'd almost wish they'd go back. Yeah, go back to the universe before Flashpoint. Because when I really, when I really think of, sit and think about it, that the last mm-hmm. seventy-five years before Flashpoint is essentially just like it's just done. Like it doesn't count anymore. Well, they brought those universes back, right? Like all of them, well, didn't they? Well, in a roundabout way, some of them. Like, they have pre-Flashpoint Superman, which sounds like he's going to be the main guy in the, after Rebirth. Okay. Which is dope. Uh, I'm pretty happy about that. But everyone else, I mean, this is New 52 continuing on with different, co- like, they're, you know, changing the costumes again and making it feel like it was before, you know, pre-Flashpoint. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that works. Um, I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to try to do this in a way that's not me beating the same kettle drum I always beat. Mm-hmm. It is about Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jim Lee and Dan DiDio have been the producers or publishers behind DC Comics for how long now? Six or seven years, yeah, it's right? it's been a while. Yeah. They have overseen the largest drop-off in sales that DC has seen since the death of the comic book industry initially and since the 90s uh, glut in the market. Dude, I was looking at the sales charts because my buddy was asking me about some sales stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's bad. Like, I'm looking at, like, the top 20, and it's if it's not, doesn't say Batman in the title, like, there's no DC books in the top 20. Right. And I think behind Batman, like, it's like goes like Batman, Justice League, and then like Harley Quinn or something like. 
They're oh, it's so bad. I mean, yeah. Marvel is just crushing them when it comes to you know units sold month to month. Well, and the thing there is, it's kind of like that period in the '90s where where all the gimmicks took off. Is that DC wasn't even a close second; they were a distant second, yeah. if that. And Marvel stories weren't that great at the time, and I, I don't think they're at their. I mean, I know they've got good stuff coming out, and you know, good stuff is constantly in there. But their stories are not so great that they're overpowering DC simply by merit of their wares. No, DC I, is, I agree. Yeah, DC is sucking so bad that it can't hold second place on its own. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have anything to do with quality, because I yeah. think um, both companies overall uh, they're they're lacking in some really good stories. They have good books being published. But a majority of them are like titles you know. They're like this title is not going to last. It's going to get canceled, or it's going to change, and or it's just not very good. Right. Yes, but um, yeah, DC is getting getting whooped when it comes to sales wise. Anyway, it's, I can't say yeah. you know quality wise because that you know it's very objective. But sales wise, yeah, they're not doing so hot because so, people just do not like this new Fifty Two thing. They just right. cannot get on board. They don't like the way it looks. They don't like the way it feels, and they don't like. The, I mean, they just don't like anything about it. The only one they like is Batman. Batman yeah. consistently has been in the top ten. Well, okay, but Batman basically stayed Batman. Batman and Green Lantern. They kind of went like, okay, well, you guys are okay. We're just going to let you do your own thing for a while when they transitioned to the new Fifty Two. Well, Batman changed a lot, actually. Mm hmm. But not. Well, they kept. They kept running the same storyline. Um, from beginning to end, and they also didn't bother to say how Batman, if he'd only been a superhero five years, had had uh, three or four teenage sidekicks during the same that period of time. Yeah, ba Batman changed a, a little bit, but I felt like Green Lantern probably had the least amount uh, affected upon him. Mm -hmm. It, it kind of actually like continued right on from pre-Flashpoint. Pre yeah. Which is which was kind of good, even though it's not a very popular title right now, you know. But uh, that's regardless. Uh, Batman's been great, but I think honestly, the success of Batman has to do with um, Snyder and Capullo just doing like that whole run themselves. Oh yeah, they have a solid I... team working on. I mean, creative team. I, honestly, like me personally, I I follow. It's starting to the point where I'm following creative teams more than I am like the, the, the superhero or something. The, yeah. the publisher, the superhero the character the, yeah, itself, you know? Um, I mean, there's obviously certain characters I'm always going to follow like daredevil. I'm going to read it regardless of who's writing it. But uh, right. I, now I'm like, who, who's writing this or who's drawing this? And then I'll um, start following it. And Batman, it, uh, it's just a lot of luck because there's like, seven Batman titles, you know. Uh, but Batman was always selling top because Snyder and Capullo were doing such a good job on it. Right. And it's it, my little brother, and you, this is going to be a dated statement, my little brother used to say that Batman had become the Wolverine of DC. And I realize that Wolverine is no longer the Wolverine of Marvel. Yeah. But there was a time where night, if you saw, yeah. yeah, if you saw a comic book from Marvel, fucking Wolverine, Wolverine. was on the cover. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Batman is... Is that I mean Batman yeah. is the most popular DC character. 
Well, and even look at, um, and I don't hate it as much as everybody else, but Batman versus Superman. What did everybody say when they left, or 90% of everybody said? Fucking Ben Affleck is the greatest Batman I've ever seen. Batman was great in that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Batman, Batman actually gets a pass when nobody else will a lot of times. Yeah, I mean, Batman's I, pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, well, I often think it's because even though we know Batman's not real, we wonder if we shit-talk him if he might beat us up anyways. Yeah, we know Batman's not real, but I think this really small subconscious part of us is like, Batman's just a dude. Yeah. Maybe if I worked out, did a lot of CrossFit. And Maybe I could be Batman. Maybe if I beat a tire with a sledgehammer. I could be Batman. Yeah. We know we can't be Superman, so there's that, like, hate jealousy thing going on. Oh, oh, sure, there absolutely is. But I mean, there's Batman, always a lot of hate towards Superman. Yeah. Just like, you're born special. That doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count, right? Even, I mean, yeah. I love Superman, but I can understand where people feel that way. But Batman, there's always a chance that we could be yeah. Batman. Hey, um, speaking of Batman, how many millionaires does it take to make a vigilante? Uh, two? No, it takes three. Two to die and one to never get over it. Ah. Yeah, jeez. I was just thinking the two that died. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's an ugly joke. Ugly, ugly joke. Great, My apologies to any millionaires out there whose parents were shot down after seeing the Mark of Zorro. A great joke. Mm-hmm. So since we're talking about the rebirth, so I think actually, sure. so the one shot rebirth comes out next week. Yes, yeah. it does. So I'm definitely going to buy that because Jeff Johns is writing it. So. Right. Uh, is there any titles that you're actually looking forward to based on either well, you know character what, or creative team? There are. Um, I am really interested to see what they do with Superman, first off. Um, Action I comics see... or Superman? Well, when I say Superman, I mean Kal-El post-crisis who's coming back as Superman. Um, blue boots and all. Mm-hmm. So I, he's going to be in action, I believe, right? Is that how they're doing that Man, one? Man, I can't. I don't know. But yeah, that's well, what I'm yeah, interested. Action, action is yes. Action is the one that's going to have the pre Flashpoint Superman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's probably the one I'm going to get on board with. And I'm and, interested in that. Yeah. But you know what else I'm really interested in is um, I Green Arrow is going to be basically Green Arrow again. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. So. I'm, I'm actually really excited by that, because, I mean, for me, I got into Green Arrow as a teenager um, after Mike Grell took the character over in uh, The Longbow Hunters. Yep. And he still You love The Longbow kept... Hunters, dude. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. Um, you know, here's the thing. For people that haven't read that, they basically take Green Arrow and completely de- deconstruct the character mm-hmm. back before deconstruction became fucking boring. They take him. They move him to Seattle. They drop him out of the superhero universe. They take away Black Canary's wig and superpowers and just leave him in Seattle. There's no fucking, no boxing glove arrows, no, I mean, none of the the stuff left over from DC is in there. It's literally just a vigilante. He even even quits wearing the domino mask at one point. Uh And it's just Oliver Queen running around with a hood on carrying a bow. I I gotta be honest, I've never read that one. Oh, you, you should at some point. Yeah. Um, it's one I highly recommend. Now, keep in mind, you know, we're 30, almost 30 years later, so a lot of what's in there seems very, like, oh, fuck, everybody in the 80s and 90s did this. Yeah. I I mean, I can go back and read old stuff and appreciate it for what it was. I mean, I like Kevin Smith's run on Green Arrow. 
Yeah, his wasn't his wasn't too bad. Um, I do have some issues with Kevin Smith's comic book writing. Mm-hmm. Like he made the Joker overtly sexual for some reason in a Batman story he wrote. You know, I I never read the Batman Kevin Smith story. Yeah, I think I was waiting for like finish all, all the way because he kept saying he was going to do more or finish it. So I was just like, oh wait, and then I just yeah, and I just never got to it. Well, and then the other thing is he can never seem to publish a fourth book. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, I'm doing a four-book series. Here's one through three. And uh, in tw- 2024, we'll talk about the rest. Yeah, I think that's why I never... Because I like to read like the whole story. I'm more of a trade paperback guy than a single issue. So I wait until the story's complete, then I read it. Oh, I definitely am more that way myself now. If For me, you know, if you go and you buy individual comic issues... It's like $78 for 14 and a half minutes of entertainment. It's The bang for the buck is not Dude, there. They really need to do something about their prices. Because, so, you know, I'm moving into a new house, and, and I'm, I actually have a man cave now. Oh, do you? So uh, I decided I'm going to, like, decorate it in a certain way. So I'm going to buy cases for all my sideshow hot toys and my nice. statues and stuff. So um, I was going to frame up comics. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just, it's like my man cave in my oldest son's room. So when he comes and visits, so I was like, I'm going to get every number one issue of Daredevil and frame them and put it. And then I'm going to do the same thing with Black Panther because Black Panther's Lucas's favorite character. Oh, sure. So I was like, oh, I'll go buy Black Panther number one because I don't buy floppies anymore. It's five bucks. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize how much. I mean, I heard people were talking. I was like, five bucks for one comic because I was by yeah. trades. And I buy them on Amazon, so they're super cheap. I'm like, $5 is too much to buy. I don't know how people are buying single issues anymore at $5 oh, a pop. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I smoked for years. $5 was my breaking point. When it hit 5 bucks a pack, yeah. I was like, no. Uh, Rebirth no. is going to be $2.99. Uh, I believe DC is resetting all of their pricing to two, all of their regular pricing to two ninety nine. I hope it stays that way because mm-hmm. that's reasonable. Yeah, three bucks a three bucks an issue is not. I mean, it's not terrible. Five bucks is too much. Five bucks is too much. I mean, because if you're but, buying like three or four titles a week, I mean, a hundred dollars a month on comics. Yeah, and it's been like that for a while. And I, I mean, it's and I really, say that, and I probably spend that much like on trades a month. <laughs> oh sure, but that's a I lot mean, more than you know. What is that? Sixteen comics a month. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd hate to see what my bar tab is at the end of a month, you know. I mean, literally, I'd hate to see it. i make my wife pay that credit card. (laughs) So, um, going back to titles, so I just want to say which ones I'm super looking forward to. Um, I am looking forward to Dan Jurgens doing um, Superman because that was like the Superman I I really liked was when Jurgens was writing it back in the day. Oh sure. Uh, well, Jurgens was a great Superman. I think he really has writer. him down. Like I think he yeah. He he just knows. He's the opposite of Zack Snyder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I understand exactly what you're you know saying. What I'm saying. Um, I'm also looking forward to Wonder Woman, uh, by uh, Greg Rucka. Because Rucka is a fantastic writer, and his run well, and he, on Run the Woman. Yeah, his he wrote her for a while. Yeah, his too. previous run was amazing, and uh, Nicholas Scott is also a great uh, artist. So I'm super looking forward to that. Um, 
Tim Seeley's a great writer, and Nightwing's one of my favorite DC characters, so that's going to be great. I'll definitely be picking up that. Um, I also will probably be reading the crap out of Batman because Tom King is one of the best up-and-coming writers right now. He's doing Omega Man, and he's doing Vision on Marvel's side right now, which is definitely a book I would want to go over. Tom King's the shit, dude. You need to check that out, Batman by Tom King. I guarantee you it's going to be great. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to give these a shot when they're released because... Um, Those are probably I, the three I, I'm like the most looking forward to. Yeah, well, I can tell you when I first found out that DC was being rebooted from the ground up. Well, shit, five years ago now. I I got excited about comics for the first time in a few years, and then I read a few and went, the fuck is this? You know, I was just like, they, they don't even want me reading, I guess. <laughs> like, they just kind of said... This isn't for you, so fuck off. That 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 was like literally the impression. Well, honestly, I think that's that's exactly what the case is because, you know, you and I are older, mm-hmm. and we're stuck in our ways. We're gonna read comics during the highs and the lows. Oh yeah, or they have our money locked until we're buried in the ground. Pretty much, yeah. So they really have to do like. They have to start getting a new generations of readers. I don't. I don't see any problem with that at all. But you got to remember, Paul. Like my dad read Batman in nineteen. You know what would that be? So uh, nineteen sixty, sixty one, sixty two, sixty three, sixty four. You know, and then I read Batman in. Well, let's just say seventy seven through nineteen seventy nine, and then again from. 1985 to 2009, Mm -hmm. you know, there is an appeal to those characters. It's not like, here's the thing, like, I hear kids say, or younger people say about Superman, fuck Superman, he's boring, blah, blah, blah. Never hear anybody say that about uh, Spider-Man. Never once. But Spider-Man is literally like grandpa age comic book now. Yeah, I wonder why that is. And I love Superman, but I can understand. Like, I like Superman yeah. better than Batman as a character. Oh, yeah. Which is, I'm probably definitely in the minority when it comes to that. But Batman has had better stories. and better. Batman has, has had better talent. And Batman, you can do... You can do two types of characters that are a threat to Batman. Enough mobsters with a gun are a threat to Batman. Yes. Uh you can have another dude train for years. You know, you can have Catman or um, Prometheus, even though I think he turned out to be a shit pile of fuck. But you can have or a, a, green a ar- personal... Or Green Arrow could killed his ass. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Is it, you can have, like, there's a number of ways to have somebody approach a Batman thing. Like, you can have the Joker, who's just such a fucking maniac that even Batman's great detective skills are taxed. Mm-hmm. Batman has a number of dimensions. Superman can lift a planet and see through everything. Yeah. So literally, the only way that he can be attacked is by somebody so much stronger than him that it's a threat or so much more intelligent than him that they create something stronger than him that's a threat. That's it. Yeah, that that's true. So it's it's just much harder to write Superman. Yeah, it is. It's... It takes a better writer to write a Superman story, I think. 
Um, and I'm not I'm not taking anything away from the other writers, but you have to literally have a cream of the crop guy writing it. Otherwise, it's just going to come off as mediocre and old. Did I lose you? Sorry, someone texted me. That's what, no, that's what that sound no was. Problem. I'll put it on uh, yeah. my brain. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, because, I mean, you know, my favorite writers are usually on the Batman books and artists. You know, Danny O'Neill, I think, is just heads and shoulders above comic book writers in general. But, um, you know, it is so hard to write a Superman book. I mean, look at um, the Man of Steel series that John Byrne did. Uh-huh. That was outstanding. Mm-hmm. That really was. So I'm just going to chalk it up to Superman is so hard to write for that if you don't have the very best writers on it, it comes off as just uh, stale. Oh, I agree. That's the way I'm going to take it. But, Pat, I mean, Patrick Gleason and Peter J. Tomasi are writing Superman. And with mm-hmm. Dan Jurgens writing action comics, I think we're gonna gonna see a little bit of churn because those are solid writers. And, well, yeah, I mean, I definitely with Jurgens, I'm definitely like you were saying. I think Jurgens, I think Jurgens knows Superman as well as he knows himself. Yes, definitely, and I like Tomasi too. Like he did great yeah. stuff with Batman and Robin, uh, you know, when he was doing all the Batman stuff, and I like Patrick Gleason as a writer and an artist and Doug Mac Mankey Mankey, I think it's how you pronounce his name. I, I like his art too. So, uh, art wise, I think that's going to be a great team. So, um, I'll definitely ch- check it out and it should be, yeah. and, and I'm hoping it's going to be better, especially just having the pre flashpoint Superman, uh, in Dan Jurgens. It's going to be, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Well, and for the first time in a while, that Superman actually looks like Superman. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I realize his colors are different, but he actually looks like Superman being drawn in that way. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check. I mean, I'm being hopefully optimistic because uh, even though I guess I'm more, I guess I'm a Marvel guy, mm-hmm. even though I don't like to like lump myself into a camp, I I love it when DC is good. I love these characters. You know, just as much as I love Marvel, you know, I, well, I want was, them it, to do well. I don't, I don't want yeah. them to tank. I don't, I don't want that. Well, it was like I was saying to somebody the other night on Twitter. Uh, it was just like, like, look, comic book culture, geek culture—that's my culture. I don't want any of it to fail. I don't want any of it to be bad. You know, I don't want there to be shitty movies or tanking on the first weekend, and I sure as shit don't want people purposefully trying to tank a reasonable movie just to, quote-unquote, teach a lesson to the studio. No, me neither. Um, I think there's a new generation of fans that just pick a side and want their side to win so bad. Yeah. And uh, it's not good for anybody. It's not good for the the geek culture at all. It just makes us look like a bunch of whiny, sniveling, just pretentious assholes. And uh, the reason... That DC and Marvel have been good, and we've had good stories throughout the you know the generations is because of that competition. Right. If Marvel was just by itself, and if DC was just by itself, they could put out mediocre shit, and it wouldn't matter because who's going to compete with them? Here's the thing: they would put out mediocre shit, and if you want proof of that, go look at pro wrestling. Exactly. That my friend actually, I was talking to my buddy Eric, and he's 
brought up the exact same point that the best wrestling was the best time for wrestling is when WWF and and what was it WCW WCW when they are both at their you know the highest point so they always had to up the ante yep we're always better when we're being pushed i mean it's yeah, yeah sure you're going to get you you know you get tired you need a rest but you're always at your best when something is pushing you along so you know these marvel fanboys that just constantly shit on dc movies and want them to fail like you are just going to hurt the entire genre and mm-hmm. pretty soon we're going to have nothing but ghost rider and fucking uh, fantastic four movies yeah and that's not what i want i want great batman and superman movies i'm going to watch the shit out of suicide squad when it comes out i'll be there on the Me first too. damn day because these are characters I grew up with and I love and I want um, I want it all to succeed. I want a leapfrog effect to happen. Civil War was great. It made a shit ton of money. I hope Suicide Squad does better. Yeah, I hope each one does better than the last. Exactly. I hope it, 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 it wins in the market and makes more money because then yeah. Marvel will be like, oh, fuck that. We got to raise our yeah. game now. Then Doctor Strange needs to make more money. And then after mm-hmm. that, the Wonder Woman needs to make more money than Doctor Strange. That's what I want to happen. I want a constant leapfrog. These movies get better and better and better. I don't want them to just, you know, just put out just the standard stuff because it's just going to drop. Well, yeah. Well, look at traditionally, movies got worse as they went along, you know? Yeah, the audience got dumber because we're just yeah. going to go watch these movies and it's got worse and worse and worse because we're still going to go and still going to watch this stuff because, you know, if we don't, what what else is there? Exactly. Well, that's just it. When there's nothing else out, we're still, you know, we're still going to have to go see what they make for us to watch. Exactly. You know, we're going to see steel and fucking barbed wire. Oh God. That's what's going to happen. Exactly. So yeah, it's just quit sandbagging these freaking movies. Like, no, I'm not going to go watch it because it's not a Marvel movie or it's not a DC movie. It's like, Watch the fucking movie, except for Fox movies. You cannot watch those movies. Well, <laughs> Marvel gets the rights back to X Men. Well, well, Your Holiness, you kind of lost your your room to say that. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I, uh, little little movie called Deadpool. Yeah. Little little movie called Deadpool that I believe you saw 135 times. Yeah, I only saw it once, and I just bought the, the Blu-ray this week. Uh huh. Yeah. Hey, if it's good, it's good. What are you gonna do? I know, I know. I'm not going to watch X-Men, though. That's for damn sure. Yeah, well, that's getting... That's... Well, you know, I'll probably go see it, because I went and saw um, the last two X-Men movies, and I actually liked them. Uh, they, weren't, uh, they weren't bad. Yeah. But they weren't great. Well, no, they weren't great, but, you know, they were better than X-Men 3. Well, they were better than, yeah. than Iron Man 3. They were better than Age of Ultron. They, you know, there's things in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Um, yeah. So where I was headed with that before we, we actually decided to talk about the good things about it, uh, I'm just going to ask this real quick, and then we're going to move on to our next phase of this conversation. But So I'm in sales, and if my if I tanked my sales for five years really fucking hard on every decision I made, you know what would happen to me? Would I'd get, get fired. fired. <laughs> I'd get fired. So how does Jim Lee, who keeps cranking out shitty designs and bad ideas, how does he not at least get like some kind of like, hey, we're going to move you and Dan down a little bit and let somebody from corporate kind of take over till we write the boat, then we'll go back and look at this again. How does that not happen to DC Comics? 
the fucking house that Superman built. Dude, I honestly, uh, honestly don't know. I feel like, well, here's the thing. So there's still publishers. Mm-hmm. I feel like Jeff Johns is taking the reins of Rebirth. He's the creative force behind this whole thing. So they kind of have their job and their title, but I think most of the decision-making is being made by Jeff Johns. Like, they're like, this is your project, dude. He, he's been proven that he can revitalize and breathe life into characters that have been stagnant for so long. Well, not only that, he's he's proven that he can bring back a character who was dead for 30 yeah, years, that's too. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say stagnant, but you said dead. <laughs> well, but no, yeah. because you got to remember, like, Flash actually did pretty well with Wally West, and it wasn't until yeah. they decided to go ahead and throw it on Bart for a while that you know, it got a little bit slow. But, I mean, like, when they brought back Hal Jordan, I didn't think that was any shock. When they brought back Barry Allen, I was... I, I, like, literally kind of, like, my breath caught a little bit. I was like, fuck, he's been dead since I was 11. Yeah, I couldn't have been happier, though. Yeah. No, 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 I'm not saying it was bad. I was just shocked that they did it. It actually took some balls to make that decision. Yeah, and and it was a great decision. Yeah. And I think they're, they're trusting him to do it with not just one character, but the whole damn universe. Yeah, no, and I... I I hope it's successful. Because, I, mean, I mean, really, the easy way to handle this would be to do the anti, the reverse Flashpoint um, and, you know, undo Flashpoint and go right back to where you were. That would be the easy way to do it. Just slam the door on the whole thing and go, oh, that was a five-year ordeal. Whew, yeah, I, thank God we're all back here. Yeah, you know? but I think, they, I think a lot of it, they just don't want to put the readers through that again. Like, so they're going to continue with it. And, right. Yeah. So, yeah no, I mean, we're gonna I, have to wait and see. I mean, we're gonna read it, and hopefully, it feels yeah. more like the pre-Flashpoint stuff. Um, Jim Lee, though, I mean, I don't know. A lot of people still consider Jim Lee one of the great artists. I don't fucking get it. You don't get it. <laughs> I don't fucking get it. I understand that, but I still think a lot of people appreciate um, his art. Yeah, did they appreciate that shit pile drawing he did of the Suicide Squad? He's he's drawing Suicide Squad, you know that, right? Yeah, did you see his designs? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. I, um, that yeah. shot looks like, oh, man, I don't even, it just looks bad. It looks terrible. It looks like a really bad Rob Liefeld uh, design. Yeah. And the whole thing... The whole thing was hard to pick apart, and the only reason they had any contrast at all was because Harley Quinn was in it, and she's bright white and recognizable. The rest of that was all muddy, and it was hard to distinguish things, and Deadshot, was, he just looked like a lumpy sausage in a lumpy helmet. Yeah, I don't like his what Killer Croc looks like, which is weird, because I'm not, I don't hate Jim Lee like you do. Like, I thought mm-hmm. his, when he did his run with Batman... And his run actually on Superman, I thought that was really good. Like I liked both. Like Hush, you know, was good. I thought it was really good. But I'm not at all feeling the Suicide his take on Suicide Squad. No. Well, and look at some of these new um, Rebirth designs. Take a different artist version and take the Jim Lee version and put them next to each other. Yeah. The Jim Lee version looks like shit, and the other guys might look great. You know. 
I don't know. I mean, I could all day long. I can just go find you crappy Jim Lee designs, yeah. just all fucking day. I think and he's then, just. You know, I think he's just dated. Oh, I absolutely think so. And here's another thing: they take uh, post Flashpoint DC animated universe, which to me was the greatest thing going for comic book fans for a long time. And fuck, man, the Red Hood was fantastic. So much of that was so good. And then Flashpoint happens, they decide, okay, well, we're going to Flashpoint the, the animated universe, and we're going to make everything look like a shitty 90s anime knockoff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that was just a financial decision in using an animated company that's just used to drawing that style. Personally, that's what I just think just came down to dollars. Well, yeah, but they also redesigned the characters to look like shitty 90s versions of, hey, anime artists designed the DC Universe yeah. for them. That's not, the, that's not the animation style. I get what you're saying. The line style and the character style is one thing. But the designs were shitty. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're designing it a lot after New 52. Well, that's absolutely what they're doing. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing. Like, everything, a lot of, well, not I don't want to say everything, but a lot of the stories, whether it be in the television, like Flash, the TV series is pulled from New Fifty Two. Well, elements of it are, but a elements lot are also of it is. yeah. But a lot of it's also just like the Flash history in general as well. Yeah, it you is. You know what I mean? But yeah, the yeah. storyline. I mean, with Wells as you know the scientist that's helping him out, and it turns out to be a bad guy, and just. It's just, Joe, it's just pulled a lot from the New 52. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's also, there's a certain amount of that that's back and forth, too, because now the Supergirl comic is going to be more like the Supergirl TV show. Yeah, they, even though they're saying it's not the Supergirl from the TV show, but, it, I mean, it's it's pulled off from it, for sure. She's going to feel, she's not going to be this angry, uh, angry Supergirl like it is was in the New 52. Right. It's going to be very different. But also, I think maybe now, finally, we can get back to the Jose Luis Garcia-style fucking smiling superhero again, I I hope. I I hope so, too. Like, I mean, I I don't... I understand how DC wants to be different than Marvel, and Marvel has this reputation of being uh, family-friendly. Let's just say that way, especially in their movies. But you don't have to go like so far the other direction and make everything like just super morose and just dark and, and, and gritty, you know, that's great for Batman, but I don't want my well, Superman yeah. to be that way. I don't want my but Flash also, to be that way. I don't want my, you Superman know, there was, to be that way. Yeah. There was a time that, that Marvel was gritty and grim and fucking every issue of the daredevil was him sitting in a confessional booth, bleeding to death, confessing his sins only to discover that there was no priest in there. He had just confessed his sins to nobody. I know they did that story more yeah. than once. You know? <laughs> yeah. But that's that's perfect for Daredevil. Exactly. Yeah. Not family-friendly at all. Yeah, but you don't um, want Captain America to be that way, even though some of their darker Captain America stories were great, like by a Brewbreaker and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, as long as it's done well, I think Rebirth is going in the right direction. They're locking down talent, actually, so you're not going to get, like, four issues from a great creative team and it's going to go to some rando that you've never heard of before in your entire life. Yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. 
Me too. That's that's where I'm going to be on it. I just I you know, and I I get that not everybody's as down on Jim Lee as I am, but I just I don't I don't fucking get it. And for me, you know, when you put two figureheads up and the company tanks for a, an extended long period of time afterwards, you you throw that baby out with that bathwater, or you at least move them about, or make it appear that there's been a shuffle, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Because, like, I'm going to be a little bit sour going in because I'm going to be like, well, how in the fuck does that guy still have a job? Because I remember when I sucked at my job for five years, they got rid of me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the creative choices are, are not in their hands. Yeah. They may do well, they may do really well when it comes to office work. <laughs> I don't Yeah. I don't know, but um, something's got to change. And uh, Jeff Johns is hopefully the man to do it. And I trust that he will be. All right. So the other thing that I wanted to talk about this week, and I don't know if you've had a chance to listen yet or uh, not, Paul, but I had Jackie and Keith on from Charlton Comics, the movie. I did. I did uh, listen to that episode, and I found it super interesting. Yeah, and I did too, because there's a lot of stuff about Charlton that, it's that thing. It's like I didn't know what I didn't know about Charlton Comics. No, I'm uh, with you. I mean, I'd, I'd heard about him, but it wasn't until the episode that I was just like, "Oh man, this is super interesting." Yeah, and they held back a ton because I mean, obviously they're trying to finish raising the funds to make their movie, and I really encourage anybody with a couple extra bucks go throw it to them. Uh, was it CharltonMovie.com? Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have uh, show note links and everything, but. I'm going to throw him some money next month because after talking to him, I'm like, I want to see this movie. No, me too. I'm definitely going to throw it down because I was like, damn, I wish I could like watch this right now. Yeah. I wish I could just see this instead of talking about it. Cause I love um, watching documentaries on, you know, the history of comics. I mean, there's been some good ones on television and on Netflix and stuff. And I, I always try to watch them. Oh yeah. There's actually, there's been a whole bunch here lately of just about different things like plastic galaxy about Kenner Star Wars. I just saw that last week. Amazing movie. Yep. Um, it was actually my buddy, uh, Doug Stirk from Stirkwork.com told me about that one. Yeah, it was really good. I, I watched it last week. No, wait, no, I didn't. I watched it on May 4th. It was Star Wars day. So I was watching Star Wars shit on, uh, Netflix. Oh yeah. And my birthday. So that's what I watched. Oh yeah. Happy birthday, Paul. I, I did forget about that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, this got me kind of thinking, and I'm sure no, in no small part, because we had just done me, you and Chris from uh, return to camp blood. Mm-hmm. We had just been talking about, uh, V for vendetta written by the mad genius, Alan Moore. Moore. Yeah. Well, you know, when Alan Moore first pitched the Watchmen, it was with the Charlton comic characters. Yeah. I know that now. Yeah. <laughs> After I did some research. Yeah, and DC at first was going to let him do it, and then they went, you know what, actually, we're going to put some of these guys in the Justice League, and some of them we're just going to drop all together. Yeah. Um, and because, I mean, it, it's kind of crazy when you look at it. The comedian was a character uh, originally called Peacemaker, who was a, a UN diplomat who got tired of <laughs> tired of diplomacy and just got himself some space-age weapons and started to make peace at gunpoint wherever he went. And... um Blue Beetle was the basis for Night Owl. Yep. Yeah. And Captain Adam was the basis for Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. Um, and Rorschach was based based on uh, the question. question. And was yeah. it Nighthawk was um, Silk Spectre, I remember? 
Uh, well, Silk Spectre, let me see here. Silk Spectre, her character was named Nightshade. Nightshade, I'm sorry, yes. Right. And then one of the other really interesting things, and they draw a point on it very well in The Watchmen, but um, Charlton Comet characters, I mean, they had dabbled with uh, characters with powers in the past. Mm-hmm. They called their characters action heroes, and they were costumed dudes, just regular people for the most part. Yeah, what, yeah Yellow Jacket was the first one. Um, yeah, I'd have to go back and go through all of them, but, um, you know, their Blue Beetle was just rich. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his, his superpower. He had a flashbang gun and a flying bug ship. Yeah, if you would have asked me yesterday, I would have said, oh, Blue Beetle, that's a DC character. Yep. Had no idea. Uh, yeah. Started after... in, uh, what, Fox Comics? Yeah, first? it started with Fox Comics back in the 40s, and then... And then Charlton... Licensed him, and then actually he was uh, um well he, that character the one they licensed had the scarab, mm-hmm. and they gave him like superpowers, and then they went and took the powers away and just made him you know a regular rich dude. And Steve Ditko I think was the artist that created the the look of the character. Yeah, I didn't know Ditko did. I mean, it's just crazy. Like Steve Ditko and Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams did stuff for Charlton. Oh yeah. Whatever. John Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to steal their thunder, but Jesus Christ, as I'm talking to these guys and doing a little bit of research before I talk to them, I'm just like, every step, I'm like, holy shit, I had no idea. Yeah. I didn't know that, you know, the whole way through. Yeah, it's um, crazy. Like, just looking at all the titles and stuff, I was like, I had no idea that these guys started out, you know, Charleston, or at least Charleston bought their rights and started publishing them and stuff. Yeah, I figured they were just, you know, horror stories and war stories and romance stuff. Nope, and and that's that's just it. It's just it's crazy when you look at it, and the fact that like they did everything in the house too. <laughs> you know, they printed it themselves. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, or just kind of hit real briefly. I mean, we are we did run a little long on the DC stuff, but yeah, that's okay. That's, okay cause that's the big story coming up. But um, when they brought back the multiverse in DC Comics, now it's been, what, seven or eight years, mm-hmm. one of the things was Grant Morrison was going to write the grand epic of the multiverse in DC Comics, and they actually let him do it after they went to the New 52. They let him finish it. Yeah. One of the worlds, and I believe it was Earth 4? Earth 4. Yeah, yeah. Was the Charlton Comics characters... But they were basically, they looked and were named the Charlton names, mm-hmm. but they were the Watchmen characters in everything but name and look. Yeah, it did. It So you're talking about Pax Americana, right? Pax Americana, yes. It honestly felt like this is what Alan Moore would have done if he would have used those characters like he originally planned. Yep. And it was great. It was very good. Now... Again, I mean, Alan Moore was a mad genius, and Grant Morrison is damn near every inch as much a mad genius as Alan Moore. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. when I see Grant Morrison and Frank Quietly on a book, like, they could be writing the frickin' Waffle House menu, and I would read the shit out of that. Yeah. But here's the problem that I get into. I need, like, a companion piece to go with it a lot of times, because no. I'm like... Grant Morrison not re- is not, like, a casual read, you know. No, he is not. Because when I read Pax Americana, I read it twice, 
And then I went and read everything online I could find about it just to make sure I was picking up what I thought I was. And then I turned out to be wrong. I had missed the entire point of the story. No, well, because he so the uh, the the figure eight, the affinity symbol, is a huge um, like metaphor, however you want to say it, for the story. So the timeline that they're going in, it doesn't, it's not linear at all. So it's super confusing. Like it starts out with, you know, the assassination and then it goes like back in time and then it goes back and forward in time. It makes like this weird infinity loop. It, when they it well, it. figure, yeah, it figure eights in on itself. Yes. So that's really confusing. Yeah. So you do have to read it a couple of times and be like, okay, what, what, what period of time is this going on in? And, uh, you really do have to break, like, read a synopsis or um, a companion piece to it to be like, oh, I know exactly what's happening now. Because if you just read it once, you're like, "Uh, what the hell was this story about? Yeah. And that's Grant Morrison in a lot of his stories. But once you figure it out, it just like punches you right in the face. You're like, that is a fucking amazing story. Yeah, but it did. It took me a couple times through to like get my head around it. And I think he did a very faithful, you know, tip of the hat to Charlton Comics with this one issue. Uh, to that, and I also felt that he did a, a very strong, uh, like, a thank you nod to Alan Moore. Because much like, like you're talking about how they did the figure eight, you know, the the infinite loop in the storytelling. Uh-huh. And they did it in, what, 32 pages? 34? Yeah, it's just it's a one shot. Yeah. And then Alan Moore, when you take 12 issues of Watchmen and you start realizing that front-to-back panels mirror each other, mm-hmm. the, the center book actually reads the same front-to-middle as it does from end-to-middle. Yeah. And, and, he, and then Grant Morrison goes and does a version of that, again, in a much smaller book, but very much in the same feel and style and a great homage to what Watchmen was. Yeah, I mean it was it was very well done, for sure. And I love how they uh, just all the callbacks in there. And as soon as he like Blue Beetle said "Law," you know, where the law I was like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And the Sentinels, yep. you know, just calling back to the two teams from uh, from Watchmen. From, no, from uh, Charlton Comics. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm yeah. That's yeah. I don't know. I I know what I was thinking, but yeah, the Sentinels of Justice and yeah. um, then they did LWA the Law. Yeah, had, you know, you know, Blue Beetle and Question and some other folks. DC published that one though, right? Um, you know what they may have right now. I'm 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 not real. I don't really remember. I think that was DC because Sentinels of Justice. I think was was yeah. Sentinels of Justice was first year. Yeah. And also, I guess at one point, AC Comics actually picked up uh, the Charlton characters before DC acquired them and kept publishing some of the stuff there, um, you know, at AC, which is known for Femforce, like the only long-running all-female superhero team in comic book history in America. Oh. Yeah. I was unaware. There's so much stuff I don't know. <laughs> That's Charlton just comics. it. It's just... I, I kind of wanted us just to kind of like, you know, kind of bat it around a bit, but we could dig in so deep, you know, and 
maybe at some point uh, a little bit you know once we find out if uh, Jackie and Keith can get a little more funding together and start wrapping this thing up maybe get them back on and just talk about the characters oh dude I would love to do that I mean yeah I mean it's just so interesting you like even how it started like I mean man the way Charleston started and you know with the prison thing and oh yeah it's just it was crazy just reading up on the last couple of days. I've just been reading about it and reading about the characters and people involved. And I'm just like, this. it's to me, it's just super interesting. You know, this is just as interesting as reading about like how America started to me, you know, cause I'm, I'm a big history guy. I like reading about that stuff, even though I don't consider myself an expert. Uh, I still think it's very interesting. Yeah, no, it's, it's really cool stuff. Um, I yeah, me too. I'm I'm more of a world history and ancient history guy, but I mean all history kind of yeah. interest. All right, Paul. Well, we are out of time. Any uh, any closing thoughts on DC or Charlton Comics? Uh, no, uh, just kind of mirror what you said. Uh, if people want to go to charltonmovie.com and uh, throw down some cash, that would be uh, awesome because I I want to see this movie be made and they seem like really good folks that you were interviewing the other day yeah i i you know here's the thing i i really like them i really like talking with them um i really like to see this movie get made you know so yeah if you're if you're out there and you're slightly inclined to do so charlton was it charltonmovie.com go check them out go throw them a couple bucks i know i'm going to this month after i paid off the other <laughs> indiegogos and kickstarters i funded so Right on. All right, Paul, well, I'm going to do a quick closeout, and then um, next, well, here's the thing. I guess this weekend, you need to pick a Marvel comic or a book you want to do, because I've been making all the all the choices so far, so it's your turn. Okay. So I will think. I, I want to do Vision, but the, the trade's not out yet. Okay, well. So I'm going to have to think something else, because I kind of want to do something current. I'll take a look. Just I mean, there's... Mix it up a little bit. Yeah. Because, you know, with me, I'm always going to go back to older stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm older. <laughs> just the way it is. <laughs> and I'm down to do that, too, but I kind of want to do something something current. Yeah. Even though uh, finding something that's really good that's current has <laughs> been a struggle. Might be a little bit trickier. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, the other thing we're going to have to do, too, is they just announced the end of the Darth Vader comic, too. I know. I died inside a little bit because I really like that comic. Yeah, so we, we're going to have to do that one probably. I mean, we should probably at this point wait for it to finish. But Yeah, I mean, 20, yeah. 25 issues is a lot to cover, but uh, I've, I've been enjoying the hell out of it because I finally get to see Darth Vader be the absolute badass that I knew he was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It almost erases... Re- uh, redeems the prequels. Yeah, but I don't like sand. It gets in my armor. It makes my burnt testicles itch. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us at GeekishCast.com. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash GeekishCast, and I tweet from at the GeekishCast. Um, also keep in mind, in July, July 9th and 10th, there's a Modesto Con at the Modesto uh, Center Plaza in Modesto, California. All right, Paul. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Good night, everybody.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.